Hello there, and welcome to Gooner U, where there are no degrees because the learning never stops. I'm Dove, a TA here at Gooner U, and my friend Keith is our stalwart distinguished professor of Arsenal and Football Studies. This week featured our match day five in the Champions League against Law and match 14 against Wolves in the Premier League. Hello, Keith. I'm still dialing in that, uh, that pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I, I must say, don't forget the S on the ends. It's Lons. Lons. Oh. Yeah, no, it's not. You're, you're not. You still got a little too much of the going well, on there. Well, so. I, we, we talked about this. So, you know, I spent the last couple of weeks with, with family and, and my dad, who took French and is a, a language aficionado, um, apparently to get the sound on something, it would be like finesse, like that kind of word. We'd actually have like E S S E. Other than that, you generally don't actually hear the S, at least trailing. So, well, I mean, bear in mind, we are talking about France. And so it's probably a regional <laughs> dialect. Um, could be. Could also, be. also really, it's a, and it is a proper noun. So, uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the pronunciation that we hear on air is some combination of typical bastardization of pronunciation that we always hear with any international names. But that combined with like, you want to communicate what it is that you're saying. So if you say long, yeah. that sounds close enough to the French while still resembling the way the word looks with the Latin alphabet as it's spelled. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I do think also you deal with the fact you're a lot of times we're dealing with English announcers who are um, American announcers go through a lot more effort to try and say things in their appropriate or proper pronunciation. Let's just leave it at that. Let's just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> well, we're not going to be playing them anymore, so I guess this won't come up for a while. <laughs> yeah, yes, they are probably, they are probably, well, I should say probably, I didn't actually, uh, they are, I forgot where they were in the group, it doesn't matter, because uh, we won it, but we can talk about that later. Yes, uh, they're, it seems unlikely we will see them again in Europe. But I guess there's uh, technically a chance that we could end up facing the number two team in our group again if they do well in the round of 16 in the quarterfinals at some point, we may head against them again since they haven't been eliminated. Yes. The, yes. Theoretically, that would be the case. Although I believe actually, no, no, it's not the case. Lons is, Lons is not advancing. It's going to be, it's PSV. Okay. Uh, we can, we, we're, we're running ahead of ourselves. We'll, we'll explain all of this in okay. on the Champions League match day. Okay, sounds good. Uh, meanwhile, this week it was funny. Um, so my son actually earned three trading cards this week. I think three in one shot, and I think he may have earned like another one or two because uh, he did watch a bunch of the matches. And when he wasn't watching, he was occupying himself drawing um, drawing Arsenal players while while we were watching. So it was still uh, still an appropriate activity. And it was funny because we've talked about different sponsors and stuff. And he actually almost proved the value of the shirt sleeve sponsor because he wrote the word visit on the sleeve in red. Now, he didn't get the, the more important parts that the country of Rwanda would hope you're remembering. Yeah. <laughs> but he remembered that there's something there, and I'm sure given enough time and geographical knowledge, he would remember the whole phrase visit Rwanda. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. That, oh, you're right. That's obviously the idea. Of course, is that they remember. You know, you remember who you're supposed to visit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, it, yeah. it's that you got You got to start somewhere, I guess. It was also super frustrating. Speaking of the cards, so um, I bought these cards at Target. You know, it's a. For, 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 I guess any international listeners who may not have a Target store, it's, it's a big store. It sells a whole bunch of different stuff, right? And they have an aisle near the checkout lanes where they sell all different trading cards and other small collectible type things. Um, so I got a pack of 15 soccer cards is what it said. And this was Panini... Uh, Chronicles was the name of the line of cards. And talking to a friend of the show, Mike, who, who's co-hosted a couple times, um, apparently Panini is like a known name when it comes to collectibles for soccer, like they do World Cup stickers. It sounds like mm -hmm. it's a big thing that people, people try to collect. Um, but so I bought this 15 pack of Chronicles cards from Panini at Target and they came in th uh, three packs of five cards each. And you see, like when you buy it, it's a, there's the Premier League logo on it. And I opened up the pack in the front and we got through those five cards on this trip. And I went to grab the next pack and I open it up and I'm not recognizing any, not, not only the players' names, like I expect to not recognize a lot of the players' names at this point, but I'm not recognizing shirts. I'm not recognizing mm -hmm. team names. And I noticed these are Serie A 
car. (laughs) And apparently this outer wrapper around the three packs of five has a window on it. And you're seeing the Premier League logo on the front pack. Through the window, but there's a Premier League, a Serie A, and a La Liga pack. Mm, yeah. So that's interesting. It's not exactly what I was going for and using these as incentives for watching exclusively Arsenal matches with him. <laughs> and I now have another pack of only Arsenal cards that Tops makes. Tops is a name I've heard of from trading cards. T-O-P-P-S in the United States are pretty big. Although when searching for these cards, I find they do have sites all over the world. So Tops is apparently <laughs> yeah. internationally. I mean, a lot of there's been a lot of mergers and whatnot among some of these trading cards because trading cards as a business has changed over the years. I guess it'll be more interesting if your son suddenly starts telling you about his deep abiding fandom for uh, Atalanta or Deportivo La Coruña, so uh, you know, brush up, brush up on your on your Latin languages, your Romance languages is all I'm saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> it really doesn't get fun until he gets up to the Bundesliga and we start talking about uh, rooting for Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, which is just just delightful to say. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. So uh what's what's going on broadly in uh, European football this week and actually international football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow, there's a lot of different ways to go this. Uh, let's start with the international news even though we're closing out the international break. I'm in a deep interest in this of course for my interest in the international game and because it's in the United States, but uh on Thursday evening, so we record on Monday as usual, on Thursday evening, I believe it is 7:30 Eastern, that's what, at least what I wrote down. Uh, is the draw for the Copa America uh, groups in uh, for this summer. Uh, also been announced is uh, the 14 stadiums that will be hosting games, including, of interest to us, uh, MetLife Stadium down in down in the mm-hmm. Meadowlands in New Jersey, <laughs> and the, the New York Stadium, and then also uh, NRG Stadium right here in Houston. We do oh. also know they have released the sites for where the U.S., Argentina, and Brazil will be playing their group games. We know they will be in separate groups. Right. Um, and I would point out to you, uh, the U.S. will be at uh, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta, and then Arrowhead in Kansas City. Uh, hmm. Argentina will be playing at MetLife on June 25th. Okay. Um, you thought the I Arsenal imagine game was... Since... Yeah, but oh, see, yeah, you since, the Arsenal since... game was expensive. Uh... <laughs> Well, right. I imagine Messi is going to still be playing, probably, and that will probably be a pretty big draw. So, yeah, for the Copa America, yes, yes, he will. Yeah. This is a bit. This is a big. This is the South American Continental Championship. It is a massive tournament. Um, okay. So, how does qualification work for that? Presumably, that's that's ended already. We know who's in it. Um, uh, well, so typically, the Copa America uh, doesn't have qualification. There are ten countries in South America. They all compete in it, and the tournament okay. essentially is traditionally rotates around the the ten countries. Um, although repeating some locations more than others. For I mean, I guess I forget who it was. I want to say it was Ecuador was supposed to be this year, and there were some concerns about security in Ecuador, the stability of the government, you know, uh, and things like that. Also, they know if they go to the United States, they're going to make a boatload of money. So, uh, it's in the United States. Now, as part of being in the United States, the U.S. is a member of CONCACAF, and part of the deal was that CONCACAF would get a number of spots. So, CONCACAF gets six spots, so you have a 16-team tournament, which is, you know, pretty normal size, four groups of four, top two advance to the route to the quarterfinals, semis, final, you know, pretty straightforward as a tournament structure. Um, they, CONCACAF used the quarterfinals of the Nations League that in, in the last international break for the first four set of qualifiers. So that's the U.S., Mexico, Panama, and Jamaica. And then the, the four quarterfinal losers are going to play two knockout games in, or, or excuse me, single elimination games in March. And I believe this is off the top of my head now because I didn't think I'd be looking this up, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, Canada and Trinidad, the winner there, will get a spot and then... Uh, it's Honduras and Costa Rica will play, and the winner there gets the other spot. And hmm. they're they've and currently in the draw. The draw basically lists two spots in pot in pot four, just like Concacaf one or Conca, like they have. They're just sure. a spot they know will be the winner of those games. We'll see how the draw plays out. The U.S. along with Argentina and Mexico are in pot one, uh, so we avoid Brazil and Argentina, which is good. Um, we'll see right. how the. Re- and re- ideally, I think looking at it, so the one team we really want to avoid out of the rest of them is probably uh, Uruguay, 
who's probably the best team in South America who isn't Brazil or Argentina. Colombia is another team that we may wouldn't be so bad if we didn't draw <laughs> them. Uh, so, but we'll see how that plays out. It's a it's a fun tournament. Um, there is some hope amongst some people that it will eventually lead someday to the ultimate merger of CONMEBOL and CONCACAF into an America's Football Confederation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll I, see. I could can, can potentially see some value in that. Um, so for any interested parties, like where and when would you be looking at buying tickets for like that June match? Um, How how soon do those go on sale? That is a great question. I suspect that not for a little while because these things, because they, these, these were announced, like the article I'm looking at is from the athletic and this was posted five hours ago. So this is all, this is a lot of this came out today. So like, so they have the official website there, copaamerica.com. It doesn't say when they'd have tickets. It does. It does say, um, you can sign up for updates and ticket information. So I'm just looking at their site. I right, want you um, put a link in the show notes because that yeah, that'll I mean, be something yeah. that I do, and we'll share that with our listeners too. <laughs> right. So you know we'll have we'll have that um, if people are interested in that, and you'll see the full list of uh, the athletic article as well, and you'll see the full list of um, uh, it's got the stadiums there, um, and I'm sure this will all appear on the Wikipedia page if it isn't already there, which is where usually sure. where I go to see these things first because I. I know exactly how it's going to be formatted. It tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> yep. Um, cool. All right. Meanwhile, in England. <laughs> yes. Back to the club. Back to the club game. Uh, <laughs> speaking of draws, Sunday was the draw for the third round of the FA Cup. Uh, a game we will play on the first weekend of January. And Arsenal drew a home game against Liverpool. Hmm. Which is not ideal. <laughs> For us or Liverpool. At least it's a home game. At least it's a home game. It is a... This is... I mean, this is the game... uh, Both of them are looking at this draw and going... Um, yeah. uh, these things happen. This is the, this is, it, it is a, it is a random draw. These, these things happen. Um, it's without question the marquee matchup of the round without, without question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, two boy. teams that both have legitimate chances of winning the trophy are now one of them is going to be gone in January. Uh, yeah, we're at home. It's a chance to play Liverpool. Um, again, we're actually, it'll be a quick one because we are playing them on the 23rd of December. So that'll be mm. twice in, and about two, two, two and a half weeks we'll be playing Liverpool. Uh, that the 23rd is going to be at Anfield and then, uh, we'll see them in the cup at home. And then I forget when the second, when our, when our home fixture is against them, but, uh, We'll see. It could be could could be like last year. It could be a very short run in the FA Cup, or alternately, if we beat Liverpool, I mean, there aren't there aren't really many teams that we're going to face that are tougher. So, um, and they're going to they're going to look at the same way from their perspective. You know, obviously, right. it's a little tougher for them having to travel um, and not getting the game at home, having to come come to our place. But uh, well, here you go, here we go. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's yeah. It's a uh, it's exciting. It'll definitely be a fun match to watch. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so meanwhile, stateside. Yes. Um. Uh. So the MLS come season comes to its climactic conclusion. Um. The MLS Cup game is Saturday afternoon. It'll be uh, Columbus hosting LAFC. Um. Apparently Columbus won a uh, what was apparently an excellent Eastern Conference final. I didn't watch that game, uh, but apparently they they trailed uh, Cincinnati two nil, rallied and then won late in extra time. So uh, hmm. impressive for Columbus. They are hosting. It's the fourth time they've been in MLS Cup, and they've hosted all four times, which is interesting. Uh, hmm. <laughs> they are uh, they will be hosting the defending champions LAFC. Uh, who beat Houston on uh, on the weekend in a game I did watch, a game that wasn't terribly interesting because L.A. was definitely better, but a good season for my new hometown team. Uh, but but good for L.A. We'll see if they can go back-to-back, which is, I think they said the first, not the last time since the L.A. Galaxy did it. Gosh, maybe like a decade ago now. Um, hmm. So it would be pretty impressive if they did that, uh, but Colu- you know, going to Columbus will be, will be pretty tough. So, uh, you know, here, yeah. if you're a fan of soccer in the United States or want to see more, I mean, it's always... It's always fun to watch trophies. Be I like watching trophies get given out. I like seeing teams win titles. It's always kind of a big, 
kind of a big deal. Unless I hate sure. one of the teams, then I'm invested because <laughs> I want them to lose. Uh, so do you know as far as where to watch that? Um, I know Apple TV is the provider for all MLS, but I imagine a big match like this, they might have free on Apple TV or there might be a network that's hosting it also. Do you know? Um, according to the MLS website, it is going to be a free airing on Apple TV and will also okay. be on Fox. So right. network network television as well, which, you know, I mean, network television is pretty good for MLS. Yeah. yeah cool. It's interesting. You mentioned in the semifinals that Columbus played Cincinnati. I wonder how often that happens, like two teams in the same state playing each other like at like the top or almost the top. Um, you know, here and there, um, there was the biggest one. I mean, you know, it's interesting. You get those rivalries that match up in the playoffs. Um, the two LA teams have played each other in the postseason a couple times. Um, actually Kansas city and St. Louis faced off, even if sporting Kansas city is technically on the Kansas side of Kansas city, but still, you know, that Missouri thing. Um, there are a few instances like that, that happen. Um, especially now, as you start to see, I mean, there's, there's generally for a long time been multiple teams in, in California, there's multiple teams in Texas, Ohio. You've got, you know, the two New York teams who have never played in the playoffs. Um, okay. Regional, you know, so it, it kind of can happen. It's impressive given how relatively new Columbus is that you would see that matchup. But, you know, it's, uh, but I guess hell is real. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe it stands out to me more because it's Ohio. Like I, I take for yeah. granted there are going to be multiple teams in New York, multiple in LA or very often LA, but at least California right. and Florida. But yeah, I guess <laughs> multiples in Ohio. I, I can't think of other examples and other sports of that at the top uh-huh. level. I mean, usually it's interesting. Well, usually Cincinnati and Cleveland and, and some okay. sports. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I, I remember looking through that somewhere about multiple teams in the same state and it's, there's always a couple of oddballs, but there's usually a lot of cases, a lot of states have, you know, really one major city. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of how that usually, uh, goes. But then again, if you think about how fan bases develop, take, you know, I know you're from Illinois outside of the Chicago area. Northern Illinois, especially, you know, definitely Chicago area, you start getting to Southern Illinois and their sporting allegiances tend to be more St. Louis. Uh, right. You know, like the, like the Cardinals and baseball as opposed to the Cubs and the White Sox. So, you know, kind of, you know, regionalism kind of plays a little bit into some of it, too, which is always kind of hmm. fascinating, at least in the American uh, American example. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we are probably well served to begin talking about the lawns. Mm-hmm. Game. I'll, there it is. I'll say it that way. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this was uh, a remarkable game to watch. I don't know that I've seen anything quite like it thus far. <laughs> Final score six nil. <laughs> we scored for the first five of those, and the a few of them toward the beginning of the first half, and the first five in the first half, with the last one coming in very late. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I find there's something enjoyable about watching when you see a team with that many goals that they come from six goals from six different players. There's something yeah. about that that I find it like it's weird if like it's one guy gets two and then it's four. It's like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Or if somebody gets a hat trick. That's cool, but six goals from six players. And if you look at the six players, uh, I mean, at least in the first, at least the five in the first half: Havertz, Jesus, Saka, Martinelli, Odegaard. I mean that's who that that's the first time we've gotten all five of them on the field or to play together to start together in a game. Huh? I didn't realize that. Well, it, it, and it says a lot, I think, and we and we can get into sort of the differences in the differences in Europe and 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 you know Premier League play. You know that one of the big advantages here, or one of the hard things I think about judging Arsenal this season uh, compared to last year, especially, and you know I think this is where I, you know it's going to be especially weird for me to talk about this with you because I have 15 years frame of reference. Obviously, you're, you only have the one season, yeah, as a point of comparison. But but you you know we we haven't quite seen the team that we expected coming out of last season, in part because we've been dealing with so many injuries all over the park. And just a lot of different, it's been a lot of covering and shuffling around and secondary players coming in. And we've seen a little bit of the evolution, obviously, you know, some of it's injury related, but Tomiyasu's gotten more of a run as opposed to Ben White. Um, Zinchenko's kind of been in and out with Tomiyasu as well. Um, obviously, parties being out, which wasn't the case in the first half of last year. So there's, there's been a little bit more uh, upheaval, I don't want to say upheaval, but a little bit more uh, uncertainty in our team selection week to week. Um you know, but but it's nice to sort of see this is 
probably a little bit closer to the roster Arteta was envisioning. You add that into we're now playing in the Champions League where these European teams are like, yeah, let's open it up and go for it. And you can start to see why every team in the Premier League looks and says, no, we are not doing that. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, it's, at home, I think it was we uh, – yeah, we beat Lawn 6-0, we beat PSV 3-0, and we beat um, whoever else was in our group. Um, I, don't, I can never remember that one either. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and we beat the other guys. Uh, it was 3 <laughs> Like I, I mean, you know, we, we, we were rampant uh, at home, Sevilla. especially Sevilla. That's right. It was, yeah. I think it was red in there anyway. Yeah, we, we won. <laughs> yeah, at home, 4-0, 2-1, 6-0. Oh, I'm sorry. No, two, it was two nil. Sorry, we gave up. We it was two one. Was at Sevilla. Yeah, four. Yeah, so we outscored our opposition twelve nil at home in the group stage. Now, wow. Do yeah. we have one of the softer groups in the draw? Yes. I mean, let's not let's not overstate this, <laughs> but it was definitely a step up in quality from what we saw last year oh, in yeah. the Europa League. Um, and we did exactly what you'd want. And you can look at us going through. And we can talk about some of the individual goals in a moment, but you, you know, we've won the group. That's official. Right. Um, we're four points at a PSV with one game to go. So we've won the group, which means, you know, we're going to head into, you know, the knockout stages as a group winner. Um, I mean, we're going to be, uh, that's a, that's a really, that's a good place to be. I mean, already other teams have won their groups, Bayern, Real, Madrid, Manchester City. We can't draw them. Couldn't draw City anyway, but, you know, Real and Bayern, we can't draw. Um, RB Leipzig is one team. I mean, there's some, we're probably looking at a club like Real Sociedad, Lazio. I mean, these aren't bad teams, mm-hmm. but they're not, you know, you look at the other teams in the group winners, Bayern, you know, Bayern or, or Real. Or City, even, or some of the other teams that probably Barcelona teams that'll finish at the top of their group are teams that, like us, can look at this and say, Yeah, we can win this. And that's, you know, yeah. to be able to avoid one of those teams in the round of 16 is going to be pretty good. Um, still have a little wait, still have another week or so before that happens. The draw, I think, as I said, is it's in like, I'm looking at calendar now, it's, it's like December, uh, it's maybe next week. I don't know. I don't actually know, but it's yeah. after the sixth game, obviously. So that's that's interesting to me because you would think they could have that established ahead of time, just like a bracket structure. Like the top from Group A is going to play number two from Group B. The bottom from Group B plays the top of Group C. Like you'd think they could establish that ahead of time, but it's all every, random. Every round is a random draw. Yeah. Um, with with some, as we put, there's some stipulations. You can't face the team from your group, right? And you can't face a team for at least in the at least in the round of sixteen. You can't face a team from your own country. So we won't draw right. City. Okay. Uh, we won't draw. Actually, or well, let's see. I, actually, I, don't, I actually City and City and us might be the only teams. United is uh, United is in big trouble. They are hmm. dead last in their group. Ooh. And they have to play Bayern Munich next. Um, <laughs> now they're um, a point behind Copenhagen and Galatasaray, so I mean it's not out of the question that they could steal, a, they could get a win at home, and then have you know someone. Well, yeah, they needed they needed that game to end in a draw, but still, like there there's a world where they could get through. But given right. the way they've been playing in the Champions League and overall, that might be a tough a tough road against a side as good as Bayern, and then. Uh, yeah, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle's in a tough spot. They are third in their group. They get Milan next, but they are also at home. So I don't know. I can, you can see Newcastle squeezing in. Um, um, yeah, yeah, but it seems like their most likely path right now is, is to go down to the Europa League. So, um, right. Yeah. So you might end up just having two, might end up having just two English teams in, uh, the, in the knockout stages of uh, right. of this year of this year's Champions League, uh, but yeah, and then of course they go down to the Europa League. But we don't have to worry about Thursdays anymore. So, right, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so getting back to this match, I mean, so as I may have mentioned before, I mean, I'm usually taking notes of key events as the match unfolds. I'll note mistakes that were made or good things that I saw throughout the whole thing. That tends to, the volume of that tends to drop under two conditions, both of which this match met. If I'm watching live with somebody else, a lot of my comments end up in the air verbally (laughs) instead of on the page of my notes. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. It's hard to like take rigorous notes while also talking to someone else about the match. 
and that's fine. Also, when the match, when there isn't a lot worth commenting on the match, like basically I have, I think, seven notes about this match and the last six of them are goals. (laughs) And the first one was Havertz having a header like one minute before he ended up scoring that just went slightly wide. And I guess that was him warming up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is interesting. You sort of see that game start, you know, you get the start and we were obviously playing well, putting a lot of pressure on them. Havertz missed like, Ooh, like we're close to breaking through, close to breaking Mm -hmm. through. And then immediately he puts one in and, you know, first off, that's what two straight games for the goal for Kai Havertz. So, right. uh, Right. Definitely. 60 million down the drain as they, as we're saying uh, um yeah and then it, and then uh then it just opened up there's three goals in what eight minutes there uh yeah, yeah right? i mean you know and jesus was excellent he he just does so much for us up top bukai osaka is so good martinelli gets in on i just and we just you know yeah, sometimes I mean, yeah sometimes it just that the, the dam breaks for you sometimes you're and pushing, 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 can't seem to get through. And then as soon as one goes in, bang, like it just, that's, that's all you needed. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely felt like, and as you mentioned with six different goal scorers, it was like everybody on the team was just like taking a crack at it. Like everybody had the confidence, to like go for it when the moment struck and, yeah. and they sank it in. Like it was, there were not a lot of missed attempts that I, that I recall. I mean, there were, but it's like when, when Martinelli got his chance, that was it. He did it. Yeah. You know? It was. <laughs> yeah, and they did well to finish it, which, you know, we'll sneak ahead, peek a little bit ahead to the Wolves game. I mean, you know, it, it, the, the margins for some of these kind of finishes are so thin. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll talk a little more about the Wolves, but that's a, Wolves, but that could easily have been a game that ended 4-0 to, to Arsenal. Um, but, you know, hit a couple of posts, and it doesn't. Law, mm-hmm. You know, this game get lawns, these, these, you know, the, these shots are all going in, um, certainly early on. And, you know, then you get to halftime, and it's just what, and Mike Richards and Thierry Henry just cracking up about uh, scoring all the goals. Well, Mike Richards mostly. Thierry Henry kept his cool as he do- as he does, <laughs> um, as he always does. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it, it was. A, it was fun to watch. It was funny. My my mother had intended to watch and watch the first like I don't know five or six minutes with us before she had to go into the other room to take care of something. And by the time she came back, it was like close to halftime, and she's like, "I feel like I missed the whole game." I kept on hearing you guys. Cheering over and over yeah. again. <laughs> uh, so yeah. so yeah. So confession time. I uh, I did not actually watch the second half. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't have to, honestly. Huh? But I mean, I had, I had some reasons. I had work. I had work things going on. It, it wasn't. It wasn't malicious. But I didn't watch the second half. Sort of seeing the result play out. I didn't feel the need to necessarily. Uh, so I'll, I'll pitch the question to you. Mm-hmm. I know one of the things we'll probably talk about with Wolves is the sense that Arsenal kind of took their foot off the gas in the second half, especially again in the Wolves game. We can talk about that. Is that a sense you got in in watching this one that Arsenal was sort of playing at half speed, taking the air out of the ball to try to just kind of run out the clock a bit? Or was it a case where, like we said, the, the shots that were going in in the first half weren't going in in the second half? No, I mean, I guess if anything, I didn't get the sense that Arsenal took the foot off the gas. I mean, maybe a little bit, not so much that I noticed it at the time. I think it seemed like there was a stern talking to at halftime, which we definitely saw with Wolves too, where they came out and were trying harder than maybe they'd gotten demoralized after the first goal and came back swinging um, in the second half, trying more um, to no avail. But, you know, <laughs> that, that they put up a little more opposition than they had initially was the sense that I got. Okay. I mean, yeah, because he, he sort of turned it on. And, and again, I'm sort of tracking, you know, got my phone out and just checking the score every every couple of minutes. And it's 5-0, 5-0, 5-0. And then it finally flipped it on at the end. And it's, it's you know, a six. Oh, okay, we got one. Um, and apparently it was a, I mean, a, you know, a penalty finish for... Um, right. For our, for uh, Jorginho because that's who you expect to be taking penalties. Um, <laughs> but I, I I don't know. I I only got one quick look of the penalty on a replay. What did you think, especially live? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Was what I said in my notes. I mean, it was it seemed like one of these kind of marginal situations again, where it was like it hit. Well, they it seemed like they were reviewing it 
initially. So this is a VAR penalty decision, right? And it seemed like they were reviewing it initially for a foul on Martinelli. That's what we thought watching it live. But then the commentators started mentioning, and it became very clear when we saw the replay of it, like, oh, no, that's a handball. And it was this thing where the defender's arm was like pushing back against Martinelli's chest and the ball bounced off the guy's arm while he was defending against Martinelli in in an interesting way. Like if his arm hadn't been there, I think it would have hit Martinelli's chest. Like his arm wasn't playing the ball in the way that you would usually see with a handball intentionally or otherwise. It didn't really affect the path of the ball, but handball's a handball and they were in the penalty box and that's how it went so okay yeah yeah that's i mean again the quick replay that's kind of was it, it was it kind of happened and you're like that ah, that was a penalty and then you watch and go oh, okay i see it um, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and then again georgine Jorginho cooley slots at home as one does um Yep. Well, yeah, it was probably like the Havertz penalty from a few weeks back where it's like, okay, why not give Jorginho a chance? And the commentator said he's known as being a good penalty taker, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I I tease a little bit because the club like Arsenal's attacking ability that, you know, the, the, uh, you know, a key penalty, and I shouldn't say a key penalty, it was not a key penalty. Uh, The penalty goes to, uh, (laughs) the penalty goes to a defensive midfielder. But yes, I mean, it, it is one of those weird things. There are some players who just are, who just have that, uh, they just have a knack for penalties. And, it, you know, just, they just mentally are just kind of cool. I think it was the, the coolest player I think we've ever seen or I've ever seen recently. It was uh, Arsenal had a player a couple years ago, young guy, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who, I mean, just looked like, take, I mean, he took like some big penalties, including uh, the, the one that last one I remember was the Community Shield. He beat Liverpool at the start of the 21-22 season. And I, it just, it just looked like, it, like taking a penalty, I remember just striding up and taking the penalty, like it was just the, just the most relaxing thing. Like there's nothing happening. Just looked <laughs> completely unperturbed by the the entire situation. Right. Um, which is rather fascinating. So, but good for Jorginho. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think if you're comparing mentalities going to penalty kicks, I, that seems like the mentality I'd probably prefer in someone I'm picking to pick to take the penalty kick for our team. Right. <laughs> Seems like it'd be a good thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, there, I guess there really isn't too much more for me, at least to say about this match. I mean, it was just, uh, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun's fun's the right word for it. And, uh, you know, again, as we said, it's, it's what you want to do it's what you want to do with this kind of champions league group. You know, we're very, we're, we are somewhat fortunate that, you know, Lons was second in France last year, but that, you know, how impressive is that really? PSV was in the Europa league with us last year. Um, you know, Sevilla is really good in the Europa league, but this is the champions league. So we don't really have a sort of a secondary, a, a giant, like a Borussia Dortmund is in our group, you know, to really sort of prevent provide that kind of extra challenge that you know might expect but we're into the knockout stages now we won the group and we're going to see one of those teams likely to see one of those teams uh come february or if not they hopefully into march uh so we'll just keep an eye on that yeah so um uh one so a couple small questions for this um so I noticed this the last time we played them and we just had a lot to talk about that week and I didn't ask, but so when you look at the full name of Lens, you see it's Club Racing du Lens or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And it's racing club. Yeah. Is, does racing mean something different either now compared to a hundred years ago, whenever the club was formed or does it mean something in French or is it just something else that escapes me? <laughs> um, I honestly don't know. So yeah, you're right. RC Lons is uh, the R- Racing Club de Lons, uh, which is apparently, again, per Professor Wikipedia, a reference to uh, both some older popular clubs in France, uh, Racing Club de Roubaix and Racing Club de France, uh, who both of who, well, one of whom doesn't exist anymore, and the other one is in like the second or third division in France. So they used to be great clubs, but all right. Um, I wonder if just think about racing. Without knowing the translation of racing from the French, um, we took Spanish in high school together, as it turns out. Um, <laughs> I wonder if that's a reference, because we've talked about these as being sporting clubs, right? That, like, 
They're a club, almost imagine like a college athletics department. You have a bunch of different teams all playing for the same, you know, school or club. And so they all have the same logo, the same colors, all of that, same names. Um, and I wonder if racing is sort of the origin of like a, like a running club or something, you know, mm. or a tra- oh, yeah. like, they, like track kind of track and right. field racing. Not right. I, I, Cause you hear racing and your first thought is, ah, cars, but actually, and maybe not. I wonder, um, but that is purely yeah. speculative on my part. <laughs> this being France, it could very well be bicycle racing. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, there's, there's always that, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's not the tour of tour to Germany. So, right. So, what does the rest of the group look like? You mentioned PSV is four behind us. Um, does it look like Sevilla will get the chance to earn their favorite trophy again? Um, hold on, I just <laughs> closed that tab. I just closed that tab. Uh, t- so hang on, I need to pull up the group stage again. Sure. Uh, standings again. Um, let's see, where are we currently? Um, we're we are in first place with twelve points. Uh, PSV has eight. Lons and Sev- Lons is in third. They have five points. Sevilla has two points. Um, and uh, who's playing? Yeah, well, it'll be yeah. Uh, we're playing PSV, so Lons okay. and Sevilla will play each other. If they win, they would be level with Lons. Um, and they drew in their first game. So if they pull level, actually, I believe they said the first tiebreaker is points earned against each other. At that point, Sevilla would have a win and a draw, so they would finish in third and would okay. go to uh, would would head back to the Europa League. Uh, but they do have to win at Lons, which, as we've seen, is not an easy thing to do. In fact, well, right. we couldn't do it. We didn't do it this year. So you know, right. that's that that might be a big ask for them. But uh, you know, I guess if you're a Sevilla, um, a shot at the Europa League trophy is 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 what you live for, I guess. I don't. Know. How did PSV do at Lons? Do you remember? Um, PSV went to Lons uh, and drew. Actually, there were a lot of draws in this group uh, outside yeah. of the games we played. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Because uh, yeah, the uh, first three match days we 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 had a result, and the, the other game was a draw. But since then, they've they've gotten results. Uh, PSV's gotten wins against Lons and Sevilla. So. All right. So uh, this episode is brought to you by other Gooneru fans like yourself who have elected to become super fans. How do you become a super fan, you might ask? Well, am I happy to tell you? All you need to do is go to the link that's in our show description, and you too can become a super fan. Costs only a dollar a month, and what do you get for that dollar? Oh, so much. You get the warm, glowing feeling inside of supporting us. That will carry you through your week until the next episode, right? You get early access to new episodes the night we record them. So, you know, our typical recording schedule is Monday nights. We record around 9 p.m. or so Eastern time. Um, you'll get that recording typically by 11 p.m. Eastern. So same day. You don't need to wait for me to sit down and edit it and put the video together. You can listen to our podcast feed the same night. Um, you will also get a special members-only feed with ad-free episodes. And we've started including some post-show banter. So after you say, uh, after Keith and I say goodbye, um, we don't really say goodbye. Uh, we pretend to say goodbye. And all the non-super fans, all the hoi polloi, they're, they're showing the door, right? But you have the option to become a super fan and listen to what we have to say afterwards. We, we talk about various things, sometimes related to Arsenal, sometimes more generally about soccer, and sometimes nothing at all. Uh, we also sometimes do bonus episodes about all different kinds of pop culture and other topics. Uh, so, if, for instance, last year we covered the uh, Super League documentary on uh, Apple TV Plus, and uh, I believe that was a members-only bonus show, or that may that may have been a regular feed. I may be remembering that wrong at this point. But there's uh, all kinds of things that you get. So if you want to check that out, you can become a super fan by following the link in our notes. Uh, and we will give some members who join a special shout out. So if you want to have the chance to be among them, uh, join and give it a shot and we'll, we'll see, hopefully, uh, you're chosen. So, um, just a dollar a month and we hope you'll consider it. (laughs) All right. So the wolves match, uh, didn't go quite as swimmingly as the, uh, the lens lawns law match, but, (laughs) 
but well, it's still, it's, st- still it started record. that way. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did start with an early goal, which is a trend I'm, I'm happy to see. So yeah, it's good. It's that th- I'm about to say yeah, we're not going to copy and paste everything from last season to this one, but we can do the part where we score early on. I like that part. We yeah, really, right. I really like that part. Yeah, no, it's been good, and um, you know, we we did have at least two different uh, goal scorers this time. <laughs> two out of the six from the previous match made it made an appearance with another goal again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we started with with, with Saka scoring a goal, and uh, that was a, you know, Wolves is a team that, as we saw, again, as we talked about, packing themselves deep, denying you space. You have to be able to operate in these kinds of tight spaces, and Arsenal was sort of able to, I don't say bowl their way through, but there was a little bit of, like, finding finding a spot. The ball bounces to you the right way off a defender, in the case of Saka, sort of not dribbling through defenders, but sort of, making his way through with the ball and then ultimately yeah. of course with the finish which you know again just a reminder of how good he is and how good he can be um you know that was fun and and so much of that and this is kind of why i mean kind of joking around about well you know here we go again uh it is you know with teams sitting back deep against us they still need a result so once we score early that kind of forces them to have to open up a little bit and push farther forward. And in doing so, that's going to potentially open up more spaces. You know, the longer that the, those early games are so important because of the goals, excuse me, are so important because of how they allow us to more so dictate the flow of the game and, and how all that progresses. You know, the longer the game goes on scoreless, uh, you know, the greater the chance is we start to get a little nervous about the, the way it's going to get pushed, how it's going to get pushed to the other way. Um, yeah. so something, you know, it, 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 that is, you know, ultimately a really good, uh, it, because of that's a really good thing, um, to, uh, you know, it's a really good thing to be able to get that, to get that goal early. And, and we did sort of see it again. The second goal was, a, was, you know, what, less than 10 minutes later. Right. Um, that was a, it was a very impressive goal in part because it came after 18 passes on the Arsenal side, wow. which is. Uh, the most uh, passes preceding a goal we've had in in the league this season. Um, you know, a lot, quite a few different players touch the ball, and really, even just before we even get to the last, you know, really impressive couple of passes, Saka crosses the box. Zinchenko one touch to Jesus, who's a one touch on a give and go back yeah. to Zinchenko into the middle where Moten Odegaard is, and you know, Odegaard's finish was is not easy. No. <laughs> that, that ball coming into him and swinging his leg across where the ball is coming right at him like that. That is a difficult thing to do. And he made it, he made it look really easy. Um, mm-hmm. Just a cool finish. Um, keeper had no real chance. And and it's 2-0 and the route's on, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it never really felt like they were close to challenging. It was kind of the chaos in the box that ended up with their, their one goal against us. You know, it was, uh, they, they were not a threat. It was, I guess, you know, more or less, I guess what you would expect playing wolves at home. It seemed like, you know, they're, I, I mean, they're, they're toward the middle of the table, I think. Right. And and Wolves is a team that is you know but by, by the time we get to this point of the season you know it's it's now December you know you, the the old line so uh, Bill Parcells who was the coach of the the New York Giants football team for years and a few other pro coaches you know the line you are what your record says you are and at a certain point it's like well we had to bad this bad luck injuries are we bet you know they're not really that good they're lucky etc no no your record you are what your record says you are. Wolves might have an argument they're slightly better than the record they have. The last few weeks in particular, they have been on the end result of some some very questionable, dodgy officiating. And I know we complain about it from an Arsenal perspective, and you know I don't think we're wrong to complain sometimes about some of the calls we have or have not seen in games. But, but Wolves has been on the end of some egregious errors uh hmm. and uh you know has every has every right to feel aggrieved and arguably has a, it should have a few more points in the standings now are they really a team that's going to challenge for europe no um <laughs> i don't think they're really it looks like they're not really going to be threatened with relegation in part because again the promoted teams look so out of their depth especially sheffield right. yikes uh yeah i i saw that game was going on at the same time as ours and they had a similar to law score it was like five yeah. nil or something like that I yeah think. i think yeah. it was i think and, and that was to burnley who is right. also down in the yeah i mean and that's a that's a game where i think it was it, after it was two nil they picked up a red card and so they're like just yeah um 
Well, yeah, Wolves isn't gonna isn't really worried about avoiding relegation. They're probably not challenging for Europe, but you know, it, it, it still hurts. I mean, there is a financial benefit to finishing one or two spots higher, and you know, to each spot in the table. And even for a club hmm. like Wolves, it's been in the league for a few years, is going to draw fairly well in terms of the revenue from television uh, over that stretch. It still is not. It, it's not. No, it's nothing to sneeze at because they, with they're unlikely to get European revenue probably not going to get a lot of money from going deep in the cups. So um, you can understand their frustration. They had some injuries as well. Um, yeah, obviously we talked about ours, but you know, it's a club that's going through it a little bit. Um, and so, you know, it was two nil. And I mentioned this before, this, this could have easily been three or four nil at halftime. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a couple of chances we had just close Martinelli, Declan Rice, uh, you know, a few chances yeah. that they're hit just a little bit better. And this game is an absolute route. Uh, and then you come back for the second half, and it wasn't. Uh, right. <laughs> um. Yeah, basically. And and again, like I think, I don't know how much I was remembering the Champions League match and how much I was remembering this one, but it's like they, they definitely came out fired up after halftime more. Like It seemed like a different team coming out. Yeah, I mean, and as we said, you know, the Premier League, the, even all jokes about the, you know, the, the bottom teams aside, the relegation clubs aside, yeah, I mean, there are, there's, you know, Wolves is no joke, as we said. They're, you know, you, you cannot take your eyes off of them too much because they are capable of, of punishing mistakes. Um, and I did think, I guess the difference is, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, this is my sort of longer take observation, you know, it, it feels at times, that maybe we don't kill off a game in the way City does. And and you hate to use another club as your benchmark like that, but obviously because of where they are in the competition and their record for the last few years. I mean, if City goes up on you 2-0, you know, game over. It's not going to happen because they're able to control the ball, take the air out of it, and really sort of stretch, you know, really stretch the game, play possession, and you won't, you won't even get the chances to get back into it. And it does feel like we just don't do quite a good, as good a job at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people will complain about our ruthlessness. Honestly, with the, with the chances we had that just missed or hit up the post, in Kedia hit, hit the post I mean, after he came on. I think Martinelli got the inside of the post on a shot. Like, yep. we had chances. You know, you'd like to see us be a little more clinical. But, you know, at, at certain point, like, sometimes you just hit the post. And that's just how it goes. But, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and it does start to expose certain players and I don't want to just throw him under the bus because overall I thought he had a pretty good game, but um it, it, Zinchenko's giveaway is the one that leads to the goal. Yeah. And it was not the first time in that game he looked a little looked a little shaky defensively. And we kinda we kinda know that about him. Like he is he is a fo- he's a player who goes forward. He's an offensive player. And when you put him in a position to having to play a lot of defense, you can that's that's the weaker part of his game. And he was exposed as a little strong, but he felt like he got a little exposed there, culminating, of course, in a, a bad giveaway for you know what ended up being their goal. It was very late, and I you know I was reading this afterwards, and it was just sort of some some post game analysis, and not immediate post game feeling analysis, but you know sort of looking at some numbers and thinking about that. That was really the only really the best chance Wolves had all game. Yeah, and so even though in the moment it sort of feels nervy, you look back afterwards and go, "They were never really that close to leveling, were they?" You know, two 0 was the most dangerous lead in Arsenal football, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I it, it, it's, it I, especially scoring as late as they did. Yeah, it makes you a little nervous because you know one mistake could lead to it. But it just it in the end they really kind of killed it off. Even if extra time extended a little bit longer than I expected. Yeah. Um. But I, I, you know, I, I, the second half did see something that I, I was, was shocked to see. Uh, is yellow. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I was just uh, reviewing their their goal. And let me issue a, an intra episode follow up. Um, I was talking about the chaos in the box. I misread my notes. This was not from a corner kick. It was like you said, Zinchenko's giveaway, and <laughs> it was not how how I was misremembering it. But, but anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that yellow card, I don't, 
it, it was a whole like it, it was he, he if, if i'm remembering right he had his whole arm around the guy or something like that he was like kind of holding him back probably more than he should have right like yeah. that was the issue and yeah I, I, at the time i didn't agree with it or didn't disagree with it like i wasn't mm-hmm. like oh come on no I, when they showed it especially on replay like yeah no that's lucky <laughs> yellow yeah no i think that's right uh it's it's just so shocking because he doesn't get yellows i think i said this last one was like the beginning of last season like he doesn't get yellow he's such a good tackler and so when he's in that position and he ends up making one of those kind of play it makes that kind of play you're almost like what yeah okay what happened (laughs) you know you are you okay but he was um huh Okay. Yeah, it, but it, yeah, it has been a long time since you picked up a yellow. Uh, so it was a bit. So yeah, a rare, a rare Saliba yellow. Yeah, a rare sight. We also got the rare assistant coach bench yellow. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> Do you know any more about what happened there? They didn't really say much on the broadcast. Um, yeah, no, I obviously I didn't hear anything on the broadcast. I clearly he said something he shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, and there are rules about, I mean, there's, I don't know if they're totally brand new rules or they're just enforcement of previously existing rules about coaches. Supposedly there's only one coach who's supposed to be up in the box, typically the manager, but you know, in some instances, maybe he steps back and lets, you know, uh, Nico Joe the set piece coach come in and give instructions for a corner or a free kick or something. Mm. Um, so the idea is that you don't have multiple people from each bench yelling at the, at the official. And so it's entirely possible Cuesta got up and said something. And, you know, with Arteta already up there, that's that's not that, that is my guess as to what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe he, he was just shouting things and said one of those things you're not supposed to say to the referee, um, said the magic word, as it were, and uh, <laughs> got, uh, you know, got got the card for his troubles. Um, yeah. But yeah, so an, kind of an odd finish there. Um, Tomiyasu came off. With an injury, did, you know, it was a little nervy, but apparently in post-game they said he's fine and he'll be back uh, for the next yeah, I mean, whenever at, he'll be back. At the time, the way that the trainer was was working with him and the way that he walked off, I wasn't super concerned. It just looked like it was like a muscular calf kind of thing that you would hope isn't severe. It didn't look like it from from our perspective. <laughs> so, yeah. Was, I wish him well. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded it wasn't it, afterwards. It was, I mean, you know, Ted's immediate comment is, I don't know. We'll see. I didn't seem like there's anything. Thought I had seen something. It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't bad. Um, yeah. So, you know, hopefully, and, and, and Ben White, I know has been dealing with a little something. It looked like he, I mean, he came on. I suspect he's, he's feeling good. So, um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It sh- should be all right, uh, over, overall. But obviously, it's a little, it's always a little nerve wracking to see a guy who's, again, very rapidly. We talked about, it's amazing how players, it's about their stock, right? That goes up and down. I mean, Saliba came in and he was so critical to us in that first season. Um, and then towards the end of the year, he got hurt, and that was a little bit how we. St- well, no, sorry, he, actually, no, I'm sorry. The first year, this was the Amazon season. He played out the year; right. he was very versatile. The next year, he's hurt. Or he's he's replaced by he's replaced, and he gets hurt and sort of comes out and is never really healthy. Ends up missing much of the season with due to injuries. Start of this season, he's sort of a almost a forgotten character in a lot of ways, and then finally comes back into the team, and now he's just starting every game, and because he, he can play right. left and right, and. Um, you know, so it really is interesting in how his his kind of journey has gone up and down just over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting to see. Yeah, but yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts before we uh, talk player of the week? Um, just a couple of quick ones. I mean, obviously, just looking around the league, Liverpool got a, a wild four three win over Fulham. Uh, I believe that yeah, this games were uh, Sunday Fulham, and then. Uh, Spurs and City played to a apparently what was a wild three three draw, um, hmm. including City um, and a, a quick whistle blown, and, and I don't quite know the circumstances. I hadn't seen it, but apparently a very quick whistle on a, what potentially was a City uh, a, a City attacking chance um, that drew some pretty some pretty uh, irate uh, responses from the play the City players, and I, I forget the exact wording, but apparently. Uh, Pep in his press card said something like, I'm not going to pull a Mikel Arteta. 
by which he oh, means boy. say something about say something about the referees that would get him in trouble because Arteta is still being has been reprimanded for his comments after the Newcastle game, which could be a fine, could be a, a touchline ban. Uh, apparently, that hasn't been officially decided yet. Huh. But, uh, um, Interesting. I've never yeah. heard of a touchline ban before. So that's something they can impose on a yeah, manager. Yeah, so it's a it's a suspension basically. Yeah. Um, and they'll he'll you know he'll. Um, he, I, t- generally speaking, he won't be in the stadium. Arteta, like they've they had, he had one. I think it was his first year. Yeah, I think it was during the Amazon season. He had to watch. They had the camera with him as he watched the game at home on television. Oh, can, okay, yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. yeah. You think you think we're crazy watching games? Can you imagine being the guy who actually has a say in how it goes? Um, yeah, when the armchair manager is the actual manager, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so I, I I don't know. Apparently, there I guess there was an appeal, and they're still making a final determination. It could just be a fine. Um, it happens now and again. You'll see touchline bans. He, uh, you know, a manager means usually if he's at home, he's going to be way up in the press box and. You know, theoretically, he's not communicating. Then you're never really sure. But if we're on a away game, he would just stay home. Um, it depends yeah. on when it comes down, because obviously we do have an away game coming up uh, this week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we can deal with that in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So what are your thoughts for player of the week? Um, I am going to say Martin Odegaard. I think there's a lot of op- options, uh, but I think... Odegaard deserves some credit. Um, you know, we, there's been some criticism of him. We've made some criti- critical comments of him. You know, not that he watches this show, but maybe he does. I don't know. Um, <laughs> probably not. But we've made I mean, a lot of critical comments we've made about his play. Some of it, I think, is dealing with injury. Some of it is he hasn't been on good form. And we've talked also well about some of the struggles Arsenal has had breaking down opponents. We've talked about certain players being in or out, Thomas Party, people like that. Odegaard is a guy when he plays well, does so much for us, especially offensively. I think us scoring two goal, you know, all the goals that we did, um, not just his own goals, but the way he sort of helps drive play forward, I think is, is critical. So um, I'm going to credit Odegaard. Uh, I mean, you can credit all the offense, Saka, Havertz, Jesus, etc., etc. Insert standard Declan Rice appreciation comment here, but I, I'm going to say Odegaard for for sort of driving the bus uh, offensively. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I would not take anything away from Odegaard. I think he did a great job. I think the player who stood out to me across both these matches this time was Saka. Actually, I think just gluing everything together like he he only scored the one goal, but he had the contributions to so many others, and I think it was really felt. Um, or actually, no, uh, two goals, one in each match. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, just contributing to a bunch more um, where his foot wasn't on the, the final kick. But um, yeah, that that I don't always give Saka the appreciation that others in my family do. But I think this this time around, uh, I definitely would highlight him. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, yeah, he's he's definitely a guy. Again, as I said, you could rattle off a lot of names. Excuse me, a lot of names across across the week. Obviously, with all the goal, you know. Out, you know, winning the week eight one across two games, uh, you know, is, is gonna. There's it gives you a lot of options for that kind of yeah. thing. But, uh, um, but good, good, good. I mean, yeah, good performance from both both players. Yeah. So, why don't you tell me? Oh, actually, uh, yeah. Let's let's take a moment for one one question because it kind of ties in in a funny way with an earlier question. So okay. we we talked about the RC for Lons being Club du Racing. What another racing related question? Why do they have like racing car seats in their bench? Is it just like is that like a fancy style of seat across industries you see for video gaming and stuff? Is it just tying onto that trend or is there some reason that they have racing car seats? <laughs> I think it's just because they're, they're very comfortable. They're yeah. pro- I'm sure there is some ergonomic element to them as well. Yeah. Um, or at least I'm sure theoretically there is because uh, how many <laughs> times, especially in cold, what, like I think they showed uh, it was Reese Nelson, you know, had his jacket on and he's, 
Yes. Yeah, he you had know, like I mean, a gator oh, yeah. scarf up over his nose. I saw that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean it was it did look chilly there, a little chilly there, but yeah, you know, how many times are they in the chair slouched over, you know, post terrible yeah. posture, but you know, these are I mean these are you know, young guys in their early twenties. Heck, I have terrible posture and I am no longer in my early twenties. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that's just because they're really they they look cool and they're really nice. I mean you saw yeah, you know, they've got the logo embroidered on them. And there's a, a big clubs you'll see with with a fancy seats as you get to the smaller ones like for example this week i i'm pretty sure luton doesn't have those in in kenilworth road um <laughs> yeah. for themselves forget the visitors uh i don't think they themselves yeah. have them yeah yeah it's just funny when you look at it and like it's so clearly like it has holes for the like harness to go through at the top it's just kind of funny yeah, maybe if maybe Lon's maybe Lon started that trend like decades ago. Who knows? <laughs> I, uh, I do I do think I I do, I I do believe if you go to the Emirates and take the tour, I I, I don't know if you, they actually let you sit in them, but because uh, <laughs> you do get to go down, you do get to go down pitch side, and I think you are at, at the bench. I've I've heard, I've seen pictures of the tour, and I've heard people have been there. I don't know if they let you sit in the in the seats, mm-hmm. but uh, that'd be pretty cool. It'd be cool to find out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what's coming up for the next week? Uh, next week, um, it's uh, some fun ones. On Tuesday, We speaking of which, we go to Kenilworth Road. We go to Luton Town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that'll be on Tuesday afternoon. I'm not sure who's covering that. It's in the NBC Sports universe. Uh, so I don't know if that's Peacock only or if it's on television somewhere. Um, yep. But we'll play our trip to Luton Town. Um they, who is who's shown some life? Actually, they are currently uh, due to their own form and Everton getting dot points are actually currently above relegation. So maybe this won't be our last <laughs> trip there uh, in, in the next years. But we'll, but we'll see about that. So we get our first trip there, and then on Saturday, a, a surprise. A, what is I shouldn't say surprisingly, but what is definitely a potentially a tricky game at Aston Villa, uh, who is uh, currently, I believe, uh, actually sitting in. Um, our uh, sitting in those spots. I'm sorry. Now I decided I want to pull up the Premier League table. Um, <laughs> but but Villa has been uh, Villa has been solid this year and uh, managed by former Arsenal manager Unai Emery. Um, he has them uh, playing fairly well. Um, yes, they are. There he is. I found it. They are currently uh, fourth. They're sitting in in the Champions League spot, just a point behind City and only four points behind us. So. Hmm. Um, you know, this is this is a, a potentially a bigger game than you think. Um, I've heard from a number of Arsenal fans who seem to think Villa are flat track bullies. That is, they uh, they're very good against teams that aren't good and not so great against teams that are good. But um, I'm um, we'll see about that. They get they get yeah. City midweek. They're home to City and then home to us. So it's a it's going to be a big week for Aston Villa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, they they they've they've got just looking ahead. Early in the season, they lost away to Newcastle five one and away to Liverpool three 0 So I can yeah. see why people say that about them. Uh, they also have a loss to Everton in well, that was the League Cup, so maybe that doesn't count as yeah. much. But anyway, <laughs> a potentially very dangerous game, very tricky game. Um, that'll be tough. For, that'll be a tough one. And then next Tuesday, we close out our Champions League group games at PSV. Uh, obviously, we record typically on Monday, so Tuesday. You know, after we record, but before we really <laughs> see it. So, just like to throw that in at the end. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. So, and it, it's interesting. So, the Luton game, which I'm sure will not draw record numbers for NBC, that's going to be Peacock only, it looks like. But then the Aston Villa match, likely because of what you said, that this is, you know, the battle toward the top of the table. Um, that what I'm seeing on World Soccer Talk, which is the resource I always consult for finding where the stuff is going. I'll have a link in the show notes. Um, it's listing something I haven't quite seen before, which is NBC and then also Peacock Premium. So I wonder if because it's on the main NBC channel, then it gets simulcast on Peacock Premium. Because usually what we see is with a USA Network game that it won't be on Peacock until like the next day or something. So it might be that situation where you need to watch it on NBC Sports the same day. Hmm. Or it, I don't know, maybe because it's on NBC, that's like kind of public, not cable. Maybe they would put it on Peacock Premium at the same time. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm gonna have to find <laughs> out because I'm because I'm at work. Uh, so 
Oh, well, for the Aston Villa match, I'm talking about. Oh, the Villa one. Oh, well, yeah. no, that's so that, Villa is one that lists NBC because that is okay. <laughs> a more anticipated match. So <laughs> it's always interesting how those decisions get made because obviously, especially when they first started on Peacock, there were several actually fairly large games that were put on Peacock with the express purpose of getting people to su- making sure people signed up for it. And so, how they've been playing that is is always kind of interesting how they make those mm-hmm. decisions. Uh, as far as what gets on television and over-the-air television or cable versus what winds up on the streaming service, which is going to be the new thing. Lots, lots of people have access to USA Network. Not as many people had Peacock. So Right. Yeah, so but this one's on NBC, which in theory, like almost every U.S. household has some form of access to. And mm-hmm. with over-the-air, I mean, whoever uses that anymore, <laughs> it's, it's theoretically yeah. possible. Although currently my ca- my my cable provider is currently in a dis- is in a local dis- dispute with the local uh, CBS affiliate, so I actually currently oh, okay. do not get CBS at least huh. through my cable. I I could you know I guess grab some wire outside and find it, but uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us at Gooner U. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and some other places, and we appreciate you subscribing to our show and sharing it with friends. If you're watching on YouTube, you might consider subscribing to the podcast at one of those places. And if you're listening in one of those places, maybe you'd like watching on YouTube. <laughs> uh, so if you are watching there, please like and subscribe. That helps us find new viewers. Uh, to support the show even more, of course, as discussed earlier, you can become a Gooner U superfan for ad-free episodes and bootleg recordings available the night we record. It's only a dollar a month, and there's a link in the show notes to join. You can follow our show on Twitter at GoonerU Show for updates and to ask questions. Again, my name is Dove. You can find me on Twitter at Dove Frankel. With me, as always, is Keith, and you can find him in a pub watching Arsenal matches. We are top of the league.